Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Isaiah 54. As I started working on this, I thought, goodness, this sounds like a New Year's message. But, you know, it is what it is, so we're just going to go with it. (laughs) Isaiah, the 54th chapter. Hallelujah. This is a challenge for us in these verses. Verse number two, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes, for you shall break forth on the right hand and on the left, and your seed shall inherit the Gentiles and make the nation, make the desolate cities to be inhabited. You know, I went back and I was looking at some of these different translations. Moffat says, widen the space for your tent. Spare not your canvas. Stretch it out. Lengthen your ropes. Drive in your tent pegs. New English says, enlarge the limits of your home. Spread wide the curtains of your tent. Let out its ropes to the full and drive the pegs home. You know, we are going into a new year. We're going into a new year prepared for some new things. We're going into a new year with some new expectations. We're going into the new year with some new promises. We're going into the new year with some, with some new vision. You know, our vision, our, our main vision has not changed. Acts 26, 16 through 18. That is the vision of this church. But I'm telling you what, it's time to do what this verse says, enlarge. It's time to enlarge some things. It says, your seed will inherit the Gentiles. Other translations said, your offspring shall inherit the nations. Uh, your descendants will possess the nations and populate desolate cities. You know, I looked at this verse and, and I kept going over it. And, uh, and I came back to let them stretch forth the curtains of their of the habitations. It reminded me of what Philippians 3.14 says. Forgetting the things that are behind and reaching forth. Straining. Stretching toward those things which are before you. There are so many things that are before us says to press toward the mark, the goal, for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. You know, there's something we're going to have to stretch ourselves for. And stretching is not necessarily a bad thing. It may not be comfortable while you're doing it, but I tell you, it has great rewards. Just naturally speaking, stretching is a good thing for you and for your body, especially as we get older. You know, and as we get older, not just naturally, but older in the faith, sometimes we kind of get locked into things. You know, you don't want to get locked in because then you're not flexible anymore. Stretching keeps us flexible. Stretching keeps us in a place where when things come, we just kind of roll with it. It doesn't hurt us. You know, when I was going through x-ray school, I was, I was in a hospital-based program. And so we worked the floors and we worked ER, we worked surgery, we worked all kinds of things. And, and one of my favorite places to work was the ER because you never knew what you would get. And I could tell you some stories about ER. Uh, Everybody here who's in the medical profession could tell you some stories about ER. But I remember one night a drunk man came in, had been in a a bad accident, 
And from what I understood, the car was pretty bad. It, it may have probably been totaled. He had not hardly a scratch on him. Why? He was so drunk that he was limber. He was flexible. You know, and one of the ways we can stay flexible is to stay drunk. <laughs> so when, when it's time to get stretched, it feels, doesn't feel bad at all. If you stay drunk in the spirit, remember that, in the spirit, not in spirits, but in the spirit, you will remain flexible. You'll be able to take take the stretching. Because listen, we're never going to get anywhere as we go forward without some stretching. And if you're not ready to stretch, you're going to get left behind. And so we need to do what Paul says. We're stretching forth. We're, stre- we're straining every muscle. We're taking every part of ourselves, you know, and we're pushing it to get stretched so that we're able to do more and more. The more you stretch you are, the more flexible you are, the more you're able to do, the more you can endure. When things look tough, you'll be able to do it and not even, not even think about it because it's so easy. Stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. We are supposed to enlarge our lives in such a way that it, that it encompasses more territory. It enc- encompasses more people. It encompasses so much more than we could have ever thought about. Hallelujah. You know, and where it says in this verse, to strengthen your stakes. That tells me that we are to make sure that we are firmly anchored in what God has called us to. Firmly anchored in the things that matter most. Firmly anchored in the things that are the most dear to the heart of the Father. Because what's important to Him, it should be important to us. Everything we see that's important to Him should matter to us. We need to be strengthened in, in firmly anchored in the Word, in what belongs to you, in who you are, what you have been assigned to do. If you don't make make yourself firmly anchored, the wind will come along and rip the sails right off. Rip the anchor, rip the canvas. It said to strengthen those things and to stretch forth that canvas. Well, what good is stretching the canvas if you haven't got the strength to hold it? He wants us to stretch it and to establish it, to anchor it. Hallelujah. So what kind of things, I'm going to shorten this tonight, I think. Um, what kind of things do we need to be enlarged in? Well, I'm happy you asked. You need to be, number one, enlarged in revelation, understanding, and wisdom. You know, revelation and understanding is the what. Wisdom is the How? You know, God can give us a lot of understanding about a lot of things, but if we don't have the wisdom to put it into practice, it'll never benefit us like it should. Some people get a lot of knowledge out of the Word, and then they go off half-cocked to try to use it, and they don't know what they're doing because they don't have any wisdom to put it into practice. They don't, you know, there's a, there's a t- when you've got something on your heart, you've got something that God's shown you, you know, sometimes it's not always the best time to share with somebody else. There's got to be wisdom in how you share. You, you need wisdom and revelation for your own knowledge. You need wisdom and revelation in how to share with somebody else what you know. 
how much you know. You're not here to impress them with how much you know. You're here to show them the way of what they can know. You know, I know a lot of people who know a lot about the Word, but they're so full of themselves that nobody can get past that to really hear and see what they're trying to impart. Lack of wisdom. And so, you know, we need to... It takes me over to... In fact, is go to Colossians. You know, these are, the, these are the kind of things Paul prayed for the church. And in Colossians especially, you know, it says in, in Colossians 1... Verse 9, for this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Filled with the knowledge of his will. Not just acquainted with the knowledge of his will, but filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in, in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. He wants us enlarged in that area. Well, Pastor Angel, I've been in the word for years and years and years. Does that mean you've got it all? Does that mean you have finally figured it all out? You are now in such a repository of knowledge and wisdom that there is no more to be had. I don't think so. I think even Paul, when he got to heaven, had plenty more to learn. I think there was plenty more waiting for can you Can you imagine how excited Paul was to get to heaven? The man who, who had what we call the Pauline revelation, the mystery of who we are in Christ and what we have... He delivered that to the church. That has changed and revolutionized every believer's life who's ever read it and understood what he was telling them. And yet when he got to heaven, can you imagine his excitement? There's more to learn. There's more to see. There's more to do. Can you imagine? We ought to approach the word every single day that way. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. Hallelujah. Then we need to be enlarged in our faith. Enlarging in your faith is going to take some stretching, folks. For 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, you're close by. Just I closed my Bible from that area, so let me go back to it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 3. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is me, because that your faith grows exceedingly. Sounds like a book I just was talking about. Hmm. Uh, that your faith grows exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Listen, our faith needs to grow and keep growing. What God is calling you and me to do, well, the assignments he has given us, and our personal walk, and our walk as a church is going to require some exceedingly growing faith. And you need to be ready to enlarge your capacity. You are the author. You are, well, I'm not the author. You are the driving force of whether your faith will grow or not. It's up to each of us individually to make sure that our faith grows, that it is enlarged. You know, I, I think I've told this story before. When we got back from Rama, I uh, sat down and I had a little chat with our, our pastor at that, at that time. And, you know, things had not been easy at Rama. 
while we were there. I mean, we, I mean, lots, lots of times we were down, I mean, with no money. I mean, I'm seriously, a penny in the bank, a penny. If you went to zero, they closed your account. So I had to make sure a penny got left in there. You know, several times when there was nothing in the, in the house to eat. I mean, just, you know, just, and God miraculously, he provided for us, you know, all that time, you know, and, and it was, it was a great joy, you know, looking back, you know, at the time I didn't necessarily think so. When pastor would say, isn't this fun? I would say it's interesting. <laughs> and, and, but it was a great joy looking back because it stretched us. And I asked, I asked pastor Ron, I said, does this ever get any easier? And he said, no, I went, great news. He said, but he's, he said, here's the deal. He said, it's like climbing a ladder. With every step up you take, the, the step you came from is easier, but the next step will require the same kind of faith to get you there. You know, with, when God moves us forward, when he begins to enlarge us, it takes faith. It takes that effort. It takes that trust in him to move forward, to move up, to take the next step, to step out in some things, to step into some things, to step forth in some things. And, and though it doesn't seem easy, I'm telling you what, when you do it, the stretch will feel good. The faith will be there. But, but, but just, you just be expecting the enemy to come and challenge you on this kind of thing. With, with enlarging your faith... With enlarging your wisdom, with enlarging your revelation, you also enlarge the, the enemy's desire to see you fail. So just expect that when you amplify all these things God is calling you to do, the enemy will most likely amplify his efforts to keep you from doing it. So just be prepared. You are well able. You are well able. You are well able. Hallelujah. How about enlarged in expectation? Enlarged in expectation. You know, James 4 verses 2 and 3 talks about that you have not because you ask not. Sometimes we ask so small. Sometimes our expectations are so small. Sometimes we're just ready just to settle. This is okay. I can, I can, I can live with this. Uh, this is, this is, this is comfortable. It's not, you know, over the top. It, it's comfortable. I can stop that. Stop that. You need to enlarge your expectation of what God can and wants to do for you. Oral Roberts had a sign on his desk. And it said, make no small plans here. He kept it on his desk because God had made big plans that he had given Oral Roberts as an assignment. And he couldn't afford to be swayed from the assignment that God had given him. So he had this sign, make no small plans here. And if you've ever been out to Tulsa and you've seen ORU and you've seen this, what was the city of faith, uh, you know, you look at that building and you go, good heavens, this man's faith produced this. God gave him a vision of that place and it came into manifestation because he refused to make no small 
plans. No small plans. Don't we know God as El Shaddai? The God who's more than enough? So who's to decide what's enough? God is more than your enough. So don't settle for a small enough. Don't put yourself in a category, well, this is what I have, and, and I just have to learn to live, live like this. No, you don't have to learn to live like that. God is the God who happens to move in suddenlies. You don't know how he can turn that around. You don't know how he can increase you. You don't know how he can pull it off. But you just have to have a place where he can move in. That's called expectation. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? The things hoped for. That's a confident expectation. If you don't have a confident expectation of of greater things than what you can see, then God can't fulfill them. But if you don't enlarge your expectation, you're going to live in mediocrity for the rest of your life. You're going to live on just barely get along street the rest of your life. That's not where God wants you. He wants you to increase your ability to expect big things from God. So what? Start with $5. Start with $100. Start somewhere. But enlarge it. Go to the next step, whatever it is. You know, I would like a home. The home, I'm grateful. Part of expectation is being grateful for where you are, but not being ready to stay where you are. If you're not grateful for what God's already given you, then you're not going to find yourself in the place of more than enough. Metal, can I metal? If If you're not grateful and you don't take care of what God has already given you, it doesn't matter what you expect. Oh, big amen there. I could really meddle right there, but I think I won't. God doesn't think small. You know how I know? Look around you. Look at creation. Let there be light. And there was light. Then let there be day night. He used his fingertips to fling the stars out there. That was the Big Bang Theory right there. Poof. Look at all he's done just in creation. Look at the work he did in redemption. He didn't think small. If he had thought small, the first thousand or so people that got born again, he'd go, whew, glad that's done. And yet, his plan and his expectation was so big that it covered every human being that will ever be born. Every last one of them. I don't think that's a God who thinks small. And if we're supposed to be like him, we cannot keep thinking small. Do you want a better home? Expect it. Yeah, but that, I, there's no way I could afford it. See, you're just limiting yourself right there. How do you know what God can do to get you there when your expectation has been enlarged? Well, I'm going to retire, but I won't have enough. I I, I guess I'll have to go out and get a part-time job. Says who? God is the author of witty inventions. 
He is the author of great ideas. He is the author of great plans and great ways to bring finances to you. Who's to say what your limit is? Who's to, don't, say, ever, don't ever say I'm, I have a limited income. Don't you ever say that. Because God hasn't limited it. You are limiting it. Because your expectation is so small. You have to enlarge your expectation. You know, um, I was reminded uh, of, of something, you know, just well, a couple of things here. You know, when we, we first built the church, we moved in here. You know, this, this year actually, uh, see, when is, the 20, when is the 22nd? Next Thursday. Ne- we, we moved into this building on the 22nd. No, our first service in this building was on the 22nd of December 2002. We've been in this building for 20 years. And we moved into it with a, with a debt of, uh, what was it, $1.7 million. And from the very beginning, Doug Brown said, we're going to pay this church off early. We had a mortgage. We had a, what, I don't know, a 30-year mortgage? I mean, that's what it was based on. But we, there, was a, there was a, I forget now what the details of it were, but at some point we were supposed to refinance it or something. And he kept saying, he, every time he'd get up take the offer, and, he, and he'd mention the building fund, he would say, and we're paying this place off early. We're paying this place off early. We're paying this place off early. And in 10 years, we had it paid off. Now, during that 10 years, Pastor and I, and I, a lot of you, sacrificed a lot to put money in to make sure that that happened. See, when, when, when we have something in our heart, there's a God part and there's a, there's, a, there's a man part. And we did our part. You know, and all during that, we all, we all gave, we gave. And I have seen God bless you abundantly because of that. Because we had an expectation of something that didn't seem to be capable of happening. Capable of paying off one and a half, one, almost $1.7 million in 10 years. We did it. We did it. Because somebody kept the vision before us all the time. Doug and Pastor kept the vision before us all the time that we're going to pay this thing off early. They had a big expectation. And God met us with that expectation. Uh, I, you know, I just uh, was uh, talking to my grandson, my oldest grandson, the one who's getting married in about three weeks. And, uh, and he's had, had this job now for, I was just texting this afternoon and said, Ethan, when did you get that job? He works for Tico, which is Tampa Electric. And, um, and he, was, he was just finishing up his, his MBA last December, and he got this job, and he started work just before his finals. And uh, they pay, started him off with a good salary. I mean, right out of college, it's a great salary. Since then, he's had another raise, and, uh, and he's done really, really well. He loves his job. Something about st- statistical analytics or something, I don't know. It is way above my pay grade. Uh, but anyway, he figures out electric loads and all this kind of stuff, you know, f- for them. And, uh, and so I, he, was, he was telling me when they were up at Thanksgiving that uh, he's got a job review coming up. And he said, I'm, I'm expecting like a 3 or 4% in pay, in pay raise. And I said, son, what is the matter with you? And he looked at me and I said, you, are you going to settle for 3 or 4%? Really? Why don't you just believe God that whatever the highest amount available in the company is as, a, as an increase, that you'll get that? And he goes, thank you, Nana. I appreciate that. I was thinking wrong. I'm going to change that. 
Somebody has, sometimes you have to have somebody come along and help you, encourage you to up, your, up the ante, so to speak. You need to enlarge your expectations, folks. We don't have because we don't ask. And sometimes we ask amiss. We're asking just for 3 or 4%. God wants you to have more than 3 or 4%. Especially when the cost of living has gone up 7-something. He doesn't want you to settle for 3 or 4%. In every area of your life, don't settle. Look on the inside. And, and find out what you can believe God for. You find out what your expectation, what you can grab a hold of with your faith. Don't go to something outrageous that you can't possibly handle because, you know, we're not always ready to handle those kind of things. You grab a hold of what, of what you know you can lay hold of and you go for it. Enlarge your expectation. Hallelujah. We, we need to enlarge our influence. You know, this says enlarge the place of your tents. Let them stretch forth the, the curtains of your habitations. We need to enlarge our influence and our impact on the worlds that we go out into all the time. We, ha- we know, we can all quote the, the Great Commission in Mark chapter 16. Listen, are you content with just influencing one or two people? No. God can bring you into places and positions and, and areas where you can influence many more people. You need to be believing God that you can enlarge your influence and enlarge your impact on the world that you go into when you leave out these doors. We can enlarge our influence right here. But really, we need to enlarge our influence out there. Hallelujah. You know, in Acts 17, 6, this is what I want you to see that is possible for yourself when it comes into this area of enlarging your influence. Acts 17, verse 6. The latter part of this verse says, These that have turned the world upside down are come here also. That is what your goal should be. Somebody to look at you and say, those that have turned the world upside down have come here also. And it won't happen if we don't have, a, if we don't have an attitude of enlarging our influence, to be expecting to be enlarged in the areas that we can influence, enlarged in the places that we can impact, that we can go into our jobs, we can go into our schools, we can go into the grocery stores, we can go into the, into the banks, we can go anywhere we, and have an impact everywhere we go so that when we leave, somebody maybe not be, only be able to say it in so many words, those that have turned that woman who's turned that world, my world upside down, she came here. We, I want to turn somebody's world upside down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now I'm going to go over a little bit. Y'all just have to bear with me. I'm so sorry. Uh, First Chronicles 4.10. Go with me over there. First Chronicles 4.10. And I promise I'll, I'll not get carried away on the rabbit trail. Well, maybe not. Maybe I should keep that, to, that promise to myself. That we, we know this as, as, you know, a few years ago, there was a big, big, you know, thing about the prayer of Jabez. And that's what this is. In verse 10, it says, oh, he, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my coast, my border. 
and that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil that it may not grieve or hurt me. The ASV says, enlarge my border and you would keep me from evil that it may not be to my sorrow. Listen, anything that, you, that you're going to believe God to enlarge you in, you must be careful that, it, that, that the enlarging itself does not become a distraction to you. That it's not something that leads you away from God, but it leads you closer to God. And understand that we have to grow to be able to handle the blessings. Where it says that you would keep me from evil, that it would not grieve me. And the ASV says that it may not be to my sorrow. Listen, just keep in mind everything that God has already taught you. And that he's teaching you on a daily basis. With enlargement comes a tax. With enlargement comes opportunities for distractions. We talked about distractions last week. There comes opportunities for these things. And sometimes we can get so distracted by the enlarging, if we're not careful, that the enlarging becomes a sorrow to us. So we have to be careful, you know, and do what Jabez says. Oh, Lord, that you would bless me indeed. God has already promised to bless you. Enlarge my coast. He is more than willing to help enlarge your coast. And then his hand with me. Yes, his hand is with you. And that he will keep you from you. He, will, he has got you equipped with everything you need to stand against the wiles of the enemy. He's got everything you need already placed on the inside of you. Every gifting, every tool, the armor of God, every word of, of his that you can use as a weapon against the enemy, it's all right there for you to use and not let it become a sorrow to you. But I'm here to tell you it's time to enlarge in all of these areas. Enlarge in revelation, understanding, and wisdom. Enlarge yourself in faith. Enlarge yourself in expectation. In what? Enlarge yourself in your thinking. Enlarge in your influence and your impact on the world. Why? And I'll just end it with this. Because great things are happening. And great things are ahead. If you come to prayer on Monday nights, it ends every Monday night with great things are happening. We're looking forward to a year of being enlarged. Being enlarged. And do you know your influence is felt around the world because of your generosity? You know, I, I was just looking at missions offerings just this week. And so far this year, we have sent well over $100,000 to missions. You'd be shocked at how much money this church gives away. If, if I could just go back and add it all up, I was going... Hey, man, I need to go back and look at that again. But missions, just your general missions money that you bring in every month is well over $100,000. Great things are happening to you, for you, and through you. And it's only going to get bigger because we are going to be enlarged. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.